We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, Nets fans. Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel, and we're going to be talking about some terrible news tonight, Jack. It's a very sad night for Karis LeVert. Yeah, uh, Nick, it's a very somber tone, and I think, uh, admittedly so, um, I, I can't really... Uh, it's been a couple hours now, and it's still hard to sort of fathom the extent to what happened to Karis. And uh, the wonderful thing that has been happening, though, is the outpouring of love he's received from the NBA community. It shows that uh, there isn't a better place to be. He won't have better support than inside and outside the Brooklyn Nets organization. So, um, and if there's anyone that's going to get through this, it's our boy. He knows how to get through adversity. Yeah, exactly, Jack. You know, he's been resilient, and we've talked about it. He's gone through a lot to get here, you know, from his Player Tribune article when he was a rookie to all the foot injuries in college. And like you said, Jack, number one, we're concerned about Karis as a person and, you know, what he's going through and getting a full recovery for him to maintain his everyday life. Then obviously the basketball perspective and the Nets perspective, it sucks. But like you said, you know, you saw a ton of people on NBA Twitter, saw a ton of people on Nets Twitter, other NBA teams. And obviously just from his teammates' reaction, you could tell how much Karis means to the team and to everybody in the organization. Yeah, I mean, heartbreaking is the word that immediately comes to mind. You see Rondé crying on the foul line. Joe Harris distressed, all the Nets players distressed, D'Angelo Russell really struggling despite his, you know, pretty nice performance on the night. It was just, it's just one of those things like you, Nick, said to me like uh, before we recorded, you know, it's the worst possible thing that could happen to any player or any person. You know, you don't wish ill will upon any person, um, let alone someone with the character of Carol Silvert. It's just the, the worst kind of night in so many different ways. Exactly. And you said it, Jack, you know, not only is Levert my favorite player, as many of you know, it's, you know, what he is off the court. He was just starting his mentorship program for high school kids, everything he's been through. He's just like a very likable guy. And for something that's just like such bad luck, you know what I mean? Just the way he landed on a Kogi or whatever in that play and then his ankle to kind of bend the wrong way. It's just like such bad luck. You know, it's not like he did anything wrong in the situation. It's just pure bad luck. And I'm, 
it's just like terrible to see from any NBA player, not just Karis, just in general for anyone to have their deal with a situation like that. And then when you're the player laying there and seeing your, you know, your body part the wrong way, it's got to be like the worst feeling. Yeah, it's the cruelty of, of the sport um, put into the harshest context. I was, um, to put in blatant terms, I yelled probably three times at probably at the top of my lungs some expletives that can't be repeated on this podcast. Um, and I'm still feeling that way. Um, I, I know you, Nick. What is it for you that drew you to him at such an early stage? Because um, you've all we're all a huge Karis Levert fans in so many different ways, but you've got this real sort of, you know, innate connection with him that, you know, a, a lot of us can't really um, empathize with. So what is it for you that drew you to him? Well, like I said, you know, that player tribune piece and obviously the whole thing with the situation I do when he was young, you know, finding his father dead on Easter, I think that's just a terrible thing for anybody to experience. And I just really vibed with what he wrote in the tribune piece and people were scared to take him to draft because of the injury and he promised he'd be resilient and work hard and he's very humble. And even every like interview and everything, he just seems very likable and just like he worked so hard this summer. And like you saw it on the court and you saw the improvements he made. And for him to just have, like, such bad luck, it is just terrible. Like, there's no other way to put it, Jack. Like you said, I was actually watching the game with my girlfriend, and she just started, like, crying. She said it just was worse because you saw the players out there crying. It was just, like, a terrible situation. And uh, it's just – it's, like, it's so – it's not like you want to see it happen to anybody, but it's even worse when it happens to somebody who feels like a really good person. Yeah, it, it hits really close to home. Obviously, we're, we're, so, we're so invested in these players at the Brooklyn Nets, and – Carol Savert more than any with the uh, amazing start that he had. And I must admit, I got close to shooting a tear or two myself because it, it's just like you feel, you can't experience, you can't empathize with the, the pain physically that he's going through. But the emotional turmoil that's probably going through his head right now, you know, can't be put into words either. You know, all the things that he's done on and off the court, he hasn't put a foot wrong. You know, there's no negative press about him whatsoever. He's just one of the nicest, kindest people, uh, hardest working people that, you know, around the Brooklyn Nets organization and in the NBA in general, you know. And for me, you know, he just personifies so many great things about what not, a, not what's just about of being, you know, a, a quality athlete, but just being a quality person. And you, know, you talked about his mentorship program, you know, that's just one of many things that he does just in terms of how he impacts, you know, society uh, in a greater aspect. It's just, um, it's just really shitty. Really, really shitty. Yeah, it's it's honestly, like you said, Jack, it's just really shitty. And there's just like not, you know, a ton to say about it. It's just like you feel terrible and just there's nothing you can do. And you just like for his season to kind of go down like that. And I think as the Nets and as an organization, I saw people mention this on Twitter, is that like it, Karis was this guy that was like so great. He was becoming the star. He was going to lead this franchise. And I'm sure he knew that. You know, I'm sure he saw, felt some of the hype. Obviously, he's very humble. But for it to happen, but right now in this situation where everything's starting to click and, you know, he's about to hit new high, high moments in his life. Obviously, he just had that big game winning shot against Denver on Friday night. And then, you know, a couple of days later for this to happen, it just sucks. Yeah, it seems like the the basketball gods, you know, they wait for no one when it comes to these sort of things. We saw it with, you know, Gordon Hayward last season, Paul George a few years ago. Just some, the timing of some of it, it's just like you don't wish it upon anyone at any moment in time, but for it to happen now for such a young, promising star, you know, for Gordon Hayward last season as well, in his first season with Boston, and then Paul George right in the middle of his prime. Um, at, at least you can sort of look to those two guys 
You know, Hayward's still finding his footing somewhat, but he's still at least performing out there on the court. But Paul George is back to, you know, all-star level, you know, capabilities. And um, we can only hope that Kyle Silver can get back to that. And I think if anyone can, you know, there's a guy out there, uh, his name is Kyle Silver, and he can certainly get there too. Yeah, and, you know, obviously this is one benefit of the Nets having a really good medical team and performance team, and hopefully they can help get him back to the level he wants to be at. And, you know, he's only 24, so there's not like he can get back to a high level of basketball. You know, prayers up for it's an injury that's healable and everything is going to go right for him. And you mentioned this a little bit, Jack. I thought it was it was really cool to see all the NBA players, even, you know, Knicks players, Knicks, Knicks uh, team account. Like, for them to kind of show love to him was great. This is what basketball is about when it's the, the cruelest and worst of times. You see the support come at the utmost degree. You know, the Minnesota Timberwolves posted out something as well. And then, you know, the Nets account tweeted out Brotherhood. Uh, I think it, it partly it hurts so much, so much because we, we feel invested in ways with this Nets team right now more than maybe any other time since I've been a Nets fan. I know you've been a a longer tenure Nets fan than myself, Nick. But this, for me right now, uh, coming from a personal perspective, not that it, it matters, you know, for us as fans. We're, we're obviously thinking about Karis and his family more than anyone. But for us, we just felt this real investment that, you know, could, couldn't really be described into words. And for this to happen to Karis, it's just it's just the worst, worst thing that could have happened. And obviously... You know, we hope as the news starts to trickle out that, you know, it's not as bad as we, we, we thought. But we can only hope that, you know, even despite the circumstances, like you said, um, he's got all the support in the world when it comes to his teammates and the staff in the Brooklyn Nets. But um, he's going to hopefully more than anything, his health is OK so he can continue to leave, you know, a, a happy and functional life. And Jack, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, we're very invested in this team because of how bad they've been the last few years and all not having their draft picks. This is Sean Mark's first move, getting Karis Levert. It looks like he hit a home run. He's going to be this guy that's an all-star and with the Nets for, you know, the next 10 seasons or whatever. And now, you know, he's still going to be with the Nets, but we just don't know what the injury is going to do to him. We're hoping everything goes positive. What type of impact do you think it has on this season? It's, it's really hard to put into context so quickly after, Nick. I understand. Um, I, I immediately, I'm doing a rundown for Nets Republic on the game. And I just, it felt, it feels meaningless to, to even talk about it. For me, obviously, you could talk about things like draft picks, like win-loss record. But maybe after the next couple of games, you know, we can start to sort of fathom things a little bit greater. Um, but for me, I can't, I'm not even in that mindset right now. And like you were sort of saying in terms of the support, I think that with the Brooklyn Nets organization as a whole, there's this real family atmosphere that Sean Marks has preached. And that's not just within the organization, but it feels like us as fans are part of that family. And while there's some sports organizations out there that have this aura and elitism about them, whether it's, you know, like the Los Angeles Lakers or, you know, even greater teams like, you know, Barcelona or whatever, you don't feel a part of them. They feel like this, or this aura, this... You know, there's something beyond them, but we feel immersed in the Brooklyn Nets culture. And for me, that's why it's even harder. It's almost, it happened to like one of our brothers. Um, so I can't really put into words for me what it means for the rest of the season um, because my thoughts uh, are just currently with Karis and that's all I can really focus on right now. That's fair, Jack. And I would agree with you. It'd be a better time to talk about it another time. 
emotionally, like how much, like how do the teammates handle this? It's just so hard. You mentioned how much it's bothering us and hurting us right now. Imagine being a guy who's spending months, months in the summer with Karis working on his game and then to see him go down with something that's just bad luck. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, we saw, like we mentioned, how the teammates were reacting. Coach Kenny as well with the amount of work that he's put in, Sean Marks, the entire organization. Um, but you have to sort of look to the other teams where it's like Boston, you know, who had such a, a, a sort of unexpectedly great season in the absence of Gordon Hayward. They almost performed above expectations to, you know, in his honor, so to speak. You know, do the Brooklyn Nets do that to an extent as well? It might take a game or two because as much as Gordon Hayward was, you know, the crux of what's going on in Boston right now, Karis LeVert sort of, you know, we've spoken about him at length, just embodies what the Nets are all about and what they're trying to create there. So this one hurts even more for, for us personally. But uh, I think, yeah, emotionally, it's going to be tough for guys like D'Lo, for guys like... Uh, I just couldn't understand, like, how these guys could still play basketball. Um, and for me, I didn't really care about the performance on the court as well. But for D'Lo to still perform admirably, to, for the guys to still go out there, you know, put up their shots and stay engaged was... Um, was more than admirable in, in my account. What what did you? What's your viewpoint on that? I mean, considering the situation, I thought they played excellent. You know, like you said, Jack, to go out there and have to deal with it. The game was close. You know, it's not like they got blown out. We saw what happened last year when Gordon Hayward went down. You know, the Cavs blew them out because Boston was so out of it. The Nets players did a great job of trying to turn their negative energy into positive energy. And you saw in a couple of possessions they were just fighting out there. And obviously the referees didn't help with some of the dumb calls they made and the technical on Spencer Dinwiddie in a, a game like this just seems stupid. But that's for another day. I just felt like, you know, the Nets did a great job of handling the emotion and like you said, we'll see what happens moving forward with the emotion if they're able to kind of transfer the negative energy into positive energy and kind of take it out on the court. But no one would blame them if it went the other way. No, not at all. And I think that's the beauty of time. And that's the beauty of, of this game of basketball. You can choose how you want to react to it. And obviously, you know, there's only so many ways, like you're sort of saying, you can channel there's such negative energy into positive energy. But, you know, there are plenty of games left in the season. You know, there's Karis LeVert, you know, he's still, you know, um, he's still here. He's still going to be able to, I think he's still going to have an impact on the organization. Similar to like, you know, Jeremy Lin a little bit last year, but I think Karis even more so because, you know, he's sort of growing with guys like D'Lo and Ronde. He's sort of, they've formed a brotherhood of sorts. Um, And I think, you know, how, how we react is going to speak volumes. And I think, you know, it's just showing by this game, it showed the character. And I think that you, that's one thing you can't doubt on the Brooklyn Nets in general, especially this season, is how they go out there and perform based based off their character. They always go out there. That's been, you know, a theme since Coach Kenny took over from, you know, many coaches and many uh, opponents have always said that we go out there and play hard. Um, the challenge is to continue doing that in such a tough time. But I don't doubt the fact that Coach Kenny, Shaw Marks and the rest of the organization will get, um, the guys ready. Um, they've got all the the leaders around there, and I think you know we can use this as a way to sort of move us going forward in a positive direction. There's plenty of negatives, but I'm sure there's there's plenty of salvageable things out of it because um, I'm sure Karis is. Uh, I've got all the faith in the world. I reckon he's going to come back bigger and better than ever. If Paul George can do it, then a guy like Karis Levert can too. Yeah, 100% agree, Jack. You know, I have all the faith in Karis to come back. You know prayers up for everything is fine and they can do everything completely correct with his recovery and next thing you know he's out there opening night next year and like you said you know there's it's not like his game is limited it's not like he's done he's not going to hit a new level 
like, yeah, maybe he could, he might lose a step of athleticism, but there's still plenty of craftiness in his game. And I think there's still plenty of room for him to improve. It sucks. It's a hurdle for Harris, but I think he'll be able to get over this hurdle, come back and still be a big part of this Nets team moving forward with the future. Definitely. And, you know, uh, age is on his side. Um, he's in the perfect Science situation. is on his side. Science is on his side. He's got everything going for him. Uh, and within he's in one of the best organizations, like you mentioned, in terms of the medical team, Nick. You know, this team isn't going to take any risks with him, and nor should they, because he's going to be very important to our success as we look to build ourselves into a championship contender. And I think Karras is going to continue to be a big part of that on and off the court. And um, hopefully, just it's just going to be one of those things. It's hard to... You know, I'm proud of you, Nick, for it's almost like your brother has sort of gone down to an extent for, for us to be recording right now. And for all Nets fans out there, um, it's, it might be all doom and gloom, but there are positive days ahead for us and definitely for Karras too. I appreciate that, Jack. And, you know, most of the time a negative happens, a positive comes out of it. And like you said, you know, there's still plenty of bright future for Karras. And like all, you know, our prayers go with the Nets fans too. We're really upset tonight. And number one, Karras is our concern, getting 100% healthy and everything. And honestly, I didn't want to record this podcast, but I already knew we were going to record and it just felt like it'd be easier to kind of get some of the emotions out about the situation. Yeah, it feels obviously if I was, you know, we were doing this uh, in an analytical standpoint, if we had, say, a Minnesota guy on or something, it would, it would have felt a little bit hollow. But I think being able to sort of, you know, vent and have maybe even our, a few of our listeners, even if it's just one or two to be able to go, all right, it just feels good hearing someone else feeling the same sort of way and even... You know, if Karras and people around the Nets organization happen to hear this, um, I, I hope that that's a good thing. It can even be an ounce of positive for them, just an ounce of just, you know, distraction, whatever it might be for people inside and outside the organization. That's what it's all about because um, in such a tr- it's such a tricky time, you just want things to be just that little bit easier and to have that little bit of distraction every now and then. And, and for us, we're lucky that we have um, this, this, out- this platform, this outlet, so um, I appreciate you jumping on, Nick. Listen to me, that my thoughts and, and vice versa. Same to you, Jack. And as always, thank everybody for listening. And if you want to check out any of our other pods, we're a lot more positive. It's on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, TGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com. And, you know, we'll end this as always, you know, a big prayer to Karis Lever. We're hoping for a 100% recovery and appreciative for all the work he put in. And the season he had, he was looking like he was going to be an all-star and probably win most improved. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.